What is going on, everybody? It is Brock Engage with another Tiefling Talks podcast. And uh, sorry that we weren't here last week. Um, some things came up. Yeah, and a lot of food came up, too. <laughs> yeah, so to speak. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, we're just going to kind of shoot the breeze this week and uh, talk about some random stuff. And who knows, maybe go off on some more tangents like uh, we usually do. Yeah, let's get this ball rolling. So a couple days ago, we were playing with a, a character idea uh, that we've been toying with actually for some some months. But a couple days ago, we kind of got the idea to put this into fruition of playing a, a character, two characters in one body with one set of appendages, like uh, two Warforged consciousness in a body and trying to figure out how they would like balance out their appendages and do reactions, HP, armor class and stuff. Um, because we played two Warforges in a, in a game, and this was a one-shot pertaining to the game. So as a way to challenge ourselves, we thought we'd do this. And uh, this really threw off some, some other vibes for us, um, like resembling the, uh, the Halo games, Cortana and Master Chief. So midway through making this character, as like people are starting to show up for the one shot because we're always on time with our characters, <laughs> uh, we were kind of joking around with them about it. And uh, well, we, we got caught on the idea and really quickly changed our character names and played Kantana and Master Chef. Yeah, so um, originally in the original campaign, um, I play a Warforged and Brock plays a Warforged, and they're Warforged brothers made from the same creator. Um, and, you know, I've been, uh, at least my friends call me a mini-maxer now, uh, and Brock is a little bit of a min-maxer himself. So, um, you know, we thought, uh, you know, for this little one-shot we were doing, why not uh, bring the brothers together because we needed to make a character that had some sort of connection to them, and so we were going to make Prototype Zero, which was the combination of the two brothers together in one body with two minds. And so they would each get their own set of spell slots, and, or not spell slots, but class levels, and um, their own abilities and stuff like that, saving throws and kind of uh, some equipment, depending on how it worked out. Um, but then, uh, we would take different initiatives, but we would have a, um, kind of split reaction. So basically whoever's turn it ended off on up until the next person's turn. Um, so if, uh, my turn ended, it would be my reaction all the way up until Brock's turn. And then from Brock until me, it would be his reaction. And that's how we did the reaction and our movement speed stayed the same for each of us. Um, and, you know, we had to work inside those confines of, you know, he would get one arm, I would get the other. And that was the initial character concept. And then uh, I believe, what what was it, Friday came up? And yeah. uh, we were sitting there and you mentioned to me, you're like, yeah, kind of like Cortana, you know, is, uh, you know, being the mind in my head and everything like that. I'm like, that's actually a pretty fucking cool idea. I mean, from my aspect, I love Halo. It's It's something near and dear to my heart. But um, also being able to kind of step into those shoes, it was pretty cool on my end, even if it was kind of a joke and something funny, which it was. It was. It was awesome. Um, and then what we decided to do was instead I went five, leco uh, five levels into Echo Knight and then um, the other ten into Artificer. And in doing so, allowed me to become a kind of Master Chief Warforged with the um, Protector uh, Artillerist Cannon that I was able to put on my back. And it would act as my energy shields to keep, like, rebuffing every round. Um, and uh, I had uh, proficiency with firearms, so I have a, a pistol that I use. Um, it's flavored as, like, a rotating barrel um, Gatling gun. And then, um, you know, obviously I've got other weapons on me and, you know, Master Chief is just out searching for the ultimate weapon to help him on his journey. And uh, go ahead and describe uh, Katana a little bit. So the original idea was that uh, my part of this uh, came in and his consciousness would just kind of be like a uh, like a side load into like the, the body and the construct of Gage's character. Um, and as this kind of evolved and as Kantana came to be, uh, instead of just like being sideloaded in, uh, he turned into more of like a, uh, 
an assistant kind of like heads up display, like able to surround change the surroundings to like be beneficial. Um, this was a fairly high level one shot, level fifteen. So uh, Cantana was fourteen, or sorry, she was primarily cleric. Uh, she was one level in forge cleric, and fourteen levels in illusionist or school of illusion wizard. Um, so had access to illusory, or sorry, uh, illusory illusion. reality. Yeah, yeah. Um, and some higher level spells like Mirage Arcane. So basically, she was able to change the uh, change the battlefield to whatever would suit Master Chef. Um, and so this kind of worked out for the uh, the actual dynamic, but for the uh, for the actual combat, that was where we were starting to have issues because the original idea was like, okay, uh, like Gage would take his movement on his turn, then I would take movement on my turn, and it would just be one body moving around the battlefield wherever it needed to go. But now there's one person who doesn't have a body anymore. So that's where the levels in Echo Knight came in and uh, allowed for Gage to pick what Kantana looked like. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, you picked. Well, I just allowed you to be what you had presented to me. Yeah, I sent a, a photo of a very artistically lenient cosplay of Cortana. Um, and sent this as like a joke when we were working on the characters, because uh, it came with an artistically lenient cosplay of Master Chief as well. So this was it was more a joke than anything. However, it it worked so well that it just stuck. So I played in combat using the body of the Echo that uh that Master Chef created. Um. And then I would be able to swap places with Master Chef because of the Echo Knight's ability to uh, to swap places with their Echo. Uh, and I could just recall as well because they can dismiss their Echo um, and come back to Master Chef. And we worked out some like, okay, I can displace the original body with like teleportation spells, stuff like that. Uh, just a lot of logistical stuff, but yeah, and we made it work both uh, RP wise and in combat to the point where you know, like um, creating this Echo Knight, you know, it could be as small as something in the palm of my hand to kind of do like how Master Chief is always holding Cortana in the palm of his hand type of deal, um, to as large as an actual representation of Cortana on the field, which in later games is kind of how it gets represented. Um, you know, she's full size and able to walk around and kind of physically touch things and stuff like that. So it kind of works with both of those. And um, so it was really cool at this point because obviously for me, I'm I'm not living out a dream of being Master Chief, but uh, I'm playing something similar that's pretty cool. And it's also just freaking hilarious. It is... Um, we're just going through, and we are discount brand Master Chief and uh, Cortana. Um, you know, I'm out there just rampaging, killing, shooting everything I can, and um, uh, you know, just less less Master Chief and more just slaughter all. And um, and uh, for Cortana, who is the off brand of Cortana, it's less so the actual analytics and uh, logistics of things and more so just like the witty kind of, well, those look like bad guys. And so yeah. that, that was awesome. I loved that part of it. Just being able to bring the sass that Cortana has in the later games. And it actually worked out really well, too. Like, it was so much fun just being able to... Uh, to let loose figuratively speaking and uh actually enjoy like a uh, a stupid character that we make and it didn't have to be it well it was strong but it didn't have to be because that wasn't the point the point was to like it was such a clear ripoff and nobody cared because everybody was having so much fun with this character yeah i think it was a real struggle in the beginning when we introduced our characters because everyone was just dying of laughter from that and some other things that were said obviously but you know we we definitely had our moment of just killing everybody for five minutes um our dm 
or at least uh, his wife told us that, you know, he had turned off his computer and stuff after he'd seen who exactly was playing and what their character names were. <laughs> and so it was, it was a good time. And, um, you know, that's, that's what D and D is, you know, that's, that's all it's about is, yeah, you can make these super OP classes, but it's, it really comes down to how much fun you can have with the characters you play. And right now I am, I'm absolutely loving the way we play these characters and, uh, I can't wait to see what kind of shit they fuck up next. Oh yeah, because because uh, Master Chef, like he's definitely playing the uh, the tanky Master Chief between the temp HP and the uh, the crazy armor that he's got with like base twenty eight AC twenty seven AC. Forget what the exact number was. Yeah, I think it's a uh, twenty six, and then um, or right now it's twenty three, but with yours, I think it gets up to like twenty eight or something like that. Yeah. Because as an uh, as an illusion wizard with the illusory reality ability, um, just because of uh, the way that major image is worded and its duration being permanent, if uh, if you cast at a high enough level, that allows you to uh, to carry around quote unquote illusions that are permanent until dispelled. So I can carry around an illusion and just surround Master Chef in plus three plate that I've automatic or that I've already infused with uh, Forge Cleric, the Blessing of the Forge, to give another plus one AC and uh, his defense fighting style for another plus two, yeah, plus two or plus one AC, the Artificer Infusion for plus two, uh, an Iron Stone of Protection that we acquired for another plus one. Then the uh, Warforged Integrated Armor plus one. Yep, the Integrated Protection is always... It always catches me off guard because I keep forgetting that they still have that. It's really good. Yeah, it is. Um, You know, you can build some really tanky characters, uh, especially that a race gives you a plus one to AC as long as you have armor. Yeah, just think about a Forge Cleric running around with like 22 AC at level one. Oh yeah, no, that's... um. So I'm playing a level three right now in a new campaign on Wednesday. And, um, you know, it's it doesn't sound like anything crazy, but I'm already at 18 AC static. And uh, that's just from the chain mail, the shield. And um, I'm one level into cleric, two into druid. And um, so this, this character from that campaign is a pacifist healer. But... Um, I guess nobody else made a a kind of to hit class where AC is kind of high. The high, next highest AC is 14 to mine. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm kind of a strategist. I sit in the back. I just have armor to protect me, you know. And now they're all like, okay, you got to be up front because they're not going to be able to hit you. And I'm like, well, shit. Yeah, well, that kind of defeats the purpose of the uh, the strategist. What the hell? Yeah, so I'm. It's probably going to be one of those things where I wind up, uh, since I am druid too, wild shaping into something to kind of run to the front of the line. So I'll sit at the back, but uh, I'll kind of get a good overview of the battlefield and then run to the front with a wild shape and then tank some damage and command uh, everyone around and hopefully work it out that way. So does your DM? Uh, how do they feel about the druids with no metal armor? Does he just like kind of sweep that under the rug, or how do you guys deal with that? Uh, yeah. So in this one, I asked for a, a special request because I wanted to play a strictly support character, and it deals no damage. So, um, I asked if it would be okay if he allowed me to have my dip into druid to kind of have the not only the spirit healing um thing but also have the unicorn which would help out a lot as well. And the caveat of me being able to wear metal armor is that. I no longer can take or deal damage. You know, I can't have spells that deal damage. I can't have any spells that deal after damage. I can have spells that deal debuffs, buffs to my teammates, and heal my teammates. Ooh, um, okay. And that's all I'm able to do. Um, and so that's why he's kind of playing the tactician um, because he uh, he he's kind of got this okay, I can't deal damage, but I can still help my team out. All right, hey, you, do this. You, get over there and hit that guy. I'm going to put a debuff on these guys. You guys attack them. Um, and so that's kind of where he comes into play. So uh, it was a very intricate uh, setup for this character um, that went into it. 
and I'm actually not quite sure where I want to go from level three with it because, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to consider, you know, I don't, I can't no longer look at a class and think, okay, how can I pull damage from this level? Which class is best to take here? It's more so which class do I take to give me the best ability to heal my, my party? Yeah. If and, I might suggest a single level dip in life cleric is probably well. That's what I did. Either. I did one level. Uh, first level was cleric, which I went life domain, and then the uh, since I'm level three, the second two levels were druid, uh, the totem, totem druid. Oh, I must have misheard you. I didn't hear the cleric part. Yeah, it's all good, um, but uh, it's it's really fun. Um, Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. It sounds a lot like ham, honestly. Yeah, um, I, I kind of took a page out of your book with the kind of uh, buff healing. And so uh, what spirit, uh, what the spirit spell does is anytime an ally walks through the space, um, it heals. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw that down inside of the thing. And so I believe every time I walk through it, it'll instantly give everybody some healing. So... After I put it down the first time, I believe I just got to maintain concentration on it, and then I can walk through it, cast a healing, and then um, I don't know if it takes a bonus action to maintain, but if it doesn't, then I can use my action, bonus action, and movement to all provide healing within 30 feet. Yeah. No, that's definitely a uh, a good interaction. I like to see that. Yeah, and you know, I, I went this way because initially I signed up as... Uh, so. Um, I do all my games through Start Playing, and Start Playing has a Discord. Well, in this Discord, it's mainly for DMs. It's almost explicitly just for DMs. And so uh, you can go in there, and you can see that people post uh, on this seat filler forum saying, hey, I've got this game with so many players. I'm looking to get uh, a seat filler until we can get more paid players. And so um, I was playing, uh, replied to this one guy and he's like, yeah, no, love to have you in, you know, this and that. And uh, initially I, I didn't want to subtract from the experience from the other people who were paying to be there. So I made a support class. And, um, so that's kind of how I ended up here. And, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, I asked for some special privileges with the, uh, druid and metal armor because I was playing a, a class that can't, or a character that can't deal damage as a caveat. Sure. Okay. So yeah, it kind of sounds like uh, how you got started as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, um, I saw this forum when I first started on Start Playing and I thought, okay, well, instead of asking a bunch of random strangers, I've got a bunch of friends that I know would jump in and fill in empty seats until other people jump in. So, you know, I will uh, hit them up, give them first dibs, and then I'll kind of reach out to the forums. And you've been playing in my Sunday games since, you know, it started. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's always good fun to have you around. It's always uh, good fun for everybody, you know. everybody's really seems to enjoy the campaigns and stuff. So I'll keep on with that track record, and hopefully uh, I don't disappoint anybody. Yeah, so far I haven't heard anything negative. It seems like everything's been strictly positive, and that's always the best review. Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, that's that's what I want. Uh, I, I explained to the DM, we actually played our first game last uh, Wednesday, I explained to them that um, they were freaked out that I was running 11 games, and then I was like, oh no, I'm running 14 now, and they're like, what the hell, you blah blah blah, this and that, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I understand burnout's a thing, I'm not feeling that yet, when I do, obviously I'll downsize a little bit, but as of right now, you know, to make it a viable career... I don't feel like charging an arm and a leg just yet because I don't know where I stand compared to other DMs and, you know, systems, VTT, stuff like that. So I want to make sure I know my stuff before, you know, fully jumping into those those bigger price games. And, um, you know, I, I also understand the other aspect of it. Like, uh, you know, you have Start Playing, which is full of people who think it's totally acceptable to charge for a game but then you get on twitter and you see people post what do you guys think about becoming a full-time dm and there are people just millions upon millions of people shitting on um the idea of charging for a game that's supposed to be free because it's about the mind and stuff like that and you know i i totally respect your opinion to think that but at the same time you know don't 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 come at me because i'm trying to 
I, I want a career as a DM, you know, just because everybody else thinks it's tough. I, I, I'm willing to accept that challenge. Right. That's all part of it. And that's something that you knew when you signed up. Like, right. I, I, I knew it was going to be challenging. I knew it was going to be taxing. Um, and you know, if people are looking for a, a experience, I am going to try to deliver because people are paying for it. So I believe that I should deliver something worthy of those payments. And so that's why I do my price increases little by little. And I also, um, make sure that I'm prepared to kind of perform to uh, meet those expectations of those price ranges. But that being said, what has been going on with you in life? You know, what? Uh, anything new happen? Exciting? Fun? Well, I sure wish that something new, exciting, fun was happening, but it still is just uh, mostly the same stuff. It's... Uh playing D&D with you guys, uh, working my ass off throughout the day, and very, very selfish in social ducks. Oh, they haven't grown their feathers yet? Oh, they have grown their feathers, but they've also grown an attitude. Ooh, ducks with sass. Yeah. It sounds fun, and it still kind of is fun, but it's, it's sad that they just, like, don't love like you anymore. anymore yeah it's fun it's very disappointing i'm your father i demand respect ducks look me in the eyes when you're quacking at me <laughs> yep only one of them has started quacking and he's just like he's like midway through puberty so it's like a disgruntled like, eh. grunt eh. yeah eh. exactly it's not even a full quack yet and it's like it's halfway between endearing and please shut up. Just stop. Yeah, yep. for sure. They're, I, they're uh... finally old enough to stay outside, though. So oh, that's, that's nice. And, you know, it's actually warm enough to keep them outside. So Yeah, that's uh, that was the big thing. I built an entire enclosure out of, like, chicken wire and uh, some old fencing for them to stay outside. And they're only just now getting old enough and... It's getting warm enough out there for them to stay out or outside twenty four seven. Right. Yeah. Um, my grandparents at their house, they have a. Um, we kind of built this little side coop on the side of a shed for them, and uh, it has a little like uh, latch door that you open up that they can walk in and out with a little ramp and stuff. But we also put a fence around that to kind of make sure that bigger predators like still couldn't get in there you know an extra level of security obviously they had in um we like built actual wooden walls and shit on this thing we insulated it um went the whole whole nine yards with it and um with that uh we wound up getting so in second grade uh for me anyway we wound up uh, having a bunch of chickens to raise in the classroom and um i think it was like 12 chickens and two ducks or something like that in there and we raised them and once they got big enough you know obviously they had to go somewhere uh, my mom said that uh, you know my grandparents have this chicken coop and they're able to come and stay with them and so we brought them back raised them and um, so the cool thing is that uh, because I had been messing with these chickens in second grade um, and growing up with them it was either second or third uh, but either way uh, kind of uh, taking care of them and stuff and then, you know, bringing them over to the farm, they instantly, like, recognized me when I would, uh, like, come out and everything like that and come down to the coop. And Aww. so, like, all the ones that recognized me, like, would all come near me while the other ones were kind of, like, skittering away. And I instantly knew which ones that, um, you know, were the ones that I had handled before and which ones weren't. So that was really cool. But oh, that's so wholesome. That the hurts. other terrifying side of that and the real life side of that is we had to kill those chickens when they got older. So, um, yeah. you know, obviously to um, because they no longer could lay eggs and uh, you don't want them to get too old to the point where you can't actually cook them and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, once they kind of get in that age range, I had to kill those chickens. And so that kind of sucked. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's a tough life lesson is growing up loving something just to have to kill it. Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, definitely get that. Um, 
I had heard stories from my dad because they actually used to uh, to raise chickens and ducks because uh, we actually had a farm too, uh, like seven, eight acres, something like that of uh, a farmland. It was called the Four Winds Farm. Nice. And uh, yeah, so they used to raise animals on there as well. And uh, they were talking or they were telling me before I got these ducks about like having to uh, like raise the chickens and then having to like cut their heads off and clean them and stuff. And it yeah. was uh, de gizzardize them. That, that was yeah. gross. That smelled horrible. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to catch them after their heads are cut off. That was. Uh, Let's see. That's what um, that's what you do is uh, before you cut their heads off, you actually grab them by the feet, tie their feet off and then you cut their heads off and then you can. um you take them and you tie them up and they kind of wiggle around, but then after a while they stop. Yeah, definitely not something I, uh, I want to fuck with. So, uh, we found, uh, we already found a home for the ducks after they, uh, after they get older, they're going to go to a, uh, a local farm. It's actually like down at the end of the road. Oh, nice. And, uh, yep. They're going to live their lives there. Hopefully they, uh, remember you enough that when you come to visit, they, uh, up to you that'd be cool that would be very fun yeah yeah no that's um you know my my grandparents never really owned like a full farm it was more of like chickens a goat some horses um stuff like that never like any cows or pigs or anything like that um but it was it was a fun experience regardless because being able to you know just go over to my grandma's house and um be able to you know be like hey you got some uh got some uh seeds and stuff for the chickens and stuff out back and she's like yep here you go and i'd just go out and all the ones that knew me come right up to me and i'd give them a little bit more food because you know obviously <laughs> good uh, bribery i like that yeah to to sweeten the pockets and keep them close for longer um but yeah and it was a a really cool experience uh having that and going through that which i'm sure you're enjoying and also simultaneously hating um with the oh yeah it's, the noise oh yeah it's the best worst experience yeah in in, in total of all the things you could go through at life this is probably the best worst experience you can have oh yeah hands down they uh they were very annoying interrupting us in D D, but i know yeah. i'm gonna miss them Oh, yeah, especially the when they're gone. Time. You're just going to walk out one day into the backyard and be like, oh, shit, that's right. Yeah, and that fucking cage is going to be there still, too. Oh, yeah, and then the, the, the ghost after images of them kind of sitting in the cage. Oh, man. Yeah, it's all good, though. They'll get to grow old. Yeah, for sure. It's better than uh, sitting in tractor supply and because um, they actually end up having to put down the... Uh, put down whatever livestock they don't sell too which is kind of sad yeah which it really sucks because why go through the effort of breeding them to that point just to kill them you know right that's that's doesn't make sense to me i mean if there's people that want ducks what they should do is like kind of put in an order and then you know once however long it takes for a duck egg to kind of hatch you know that's when they kind of pull the the supply together and they're like okay i need you know 420 ducks instead of making a thousand and throwing them out there right yeah it's like they buy them in the or from the hatchery in bulk and then they're just like okay now what do we do with these things right usually they Usually they all get bought, from what I've heard. We had to fight tooth and nail to get some of these ducks, but uh, that's good. Yeah, stiff, stiff competition. Yeah, my uh, my brother just got my mom a whole bunch more little baby chicks, and they're sitting in the uh the washroom right now over at her house. So once they get big Aww. enough, they'll be outside too. But um, I don't know. Changing topic topics shifting gears if i can speak a little bit there um so media or entertainment wise uh, a couple new things came out i believe not only did um obviously dr strange uh came out uh about what two weeks ago now Uh, yeah somewhere two two and a half um then let's see uh this last friday uh or Thursday, Stranger Things, uh, season four, the first seven episodes, I believe, came out. Did you hear that the last um, couple of episodes are like, so 
the seventh or the eighth episode because i think there's a total of 11 or something but the last three out of the last three the first one is going to be an hour and a half the second one is going to be an hour and a half the last one i believe they said was going to be two and a half hours long no i haven't heard this honestly i don't follow stranger things much yeah no i i'm i do watch their stuff i do like it and uh two and a half hours long that's that's almost as long as the three-hour Batman movie that everybody lost their minds to. Yeah. Let's see. Stranger Things season four runtime. So, here. Um, okay, well... I don't want to use Forbes website anyway if you're going to make me disable my ad blocker. All right. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's see here. Um, Okay, so episode one, hour 16, episode two, hour 15, episode three, hour three, episode four, hour 17, episode five, hour 14, yada, yada, hour and some change. But then episode seven, hour and 38 minutes, episode eight, hour and 25 minutes, episode nine, two and a half hours. This wow. is for season four, and they already verified that season four is not their last season. Season five will be their last season. So that they is quite the... Uh quite the shock there it's a full-length feature film yeah and the per episode budget is 30 million dollars that's per episode fuck let me see i'll make um, an episode of stranger things for him jesus yeah no kidding i'll i'll film something i'll get something together for for 30 million <laughs> um let me see how long the because uh, they're coming out. I don't know if you follow Lord of the Rings stuff, but uh, they're coming out with the uh, Lord of the Rings series. Series, um, the Rings of Power is what it's called. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh wait, TV series. There you go. Uh, let's see. Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. IMDb. There we go. Reliable source. Always. Oh, yeah. 100%. I'm trying to remember cause in comparison to how many uh, the price of the Lord of the Rings TV series um, per episode cost. TV show cost per episode. Here we go. So $465 million in total. And then um, that's just for the first season. Let's see, what do they got? Um, Game of Thrones cost one, uh, roughly a hundred million to produce per season. So then, if we take the thirty million times that by what was it? How many episodes was there? Nine. Yeah, so seven or nine. Two hundred and seventy million dollars for Stranger Things, which comes in below the Lord of the Rings, which means their per episode is probably more than Stranger Things is. Jesus Christ, that's insane. Yeah, I mean, you got a bunch of like A-list actors in there that you have to pay, but thirty million still seems excessive as shit. Yeah, for a per episode, there are movies that cost that same amount. Yeah, that's just very, very absurd to me. I couldn't imagine shelling out thirty million for that. Oh yeah, and on top of that, I think Obi One came out with two episodes this week. So. Yes, that I have heard. I am interested to see all of the above. Uh, just need some time. A uh, few movies came out. I did get to see the Batman. Um, I actually want to watch Sonic One and Sonic Two because. Although everyone, um, it kind of like fell to the wayside. Everyone I've talked to about it said that they were actually really good. I feel like I really enjoyed, well, enjoyed, quote unquote. Sonic 1 was not bad. It was a lot better than I expected. 
and I will leave you to decide how you feel about Sonic 2. Well, without spoiling anything, what are your initial thoughts of Sonic 2? Um, the casting was fucking gold. Idris Alba as Knuckles was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, that's for sure. He's just a uh, kind of a win pick at this point. Um, I don't feel like I really enjoyed their adaptation version of the story. Um, I feel like they took a lot of liberties, but um, overall, I mean, the product that they came out with was not the dumpster fire I was expecting. Okay, so I guess you're saying it wasn't great is what you're trying to get to. Like it was, it was, you know, you could watch it. It was palatable, but it wasn't like, oh, I'll go back and watch it again. Yeah. That's a uh, that's a good way of putting it. Like I did not enjoy it enough to enjoy a rewatch. Gotcha. Unironically, like if I was to rewatch it, it would be to make fun of it. Okay, for sure. Um, well then, at that point, um, I don't know if you've seen that new Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Um, kind I've of movie. The, I've seen the uh the commercials for it. I'm kind of looking forward to it because this was like a uh. A very old timey cartoon. So a little bit of a spoiler. Uh, it's a cameo spoiler. Um, okay. They have Sonic in there, but the original Sonic before they changed it. Yes, and the he, ugly Sonic. Yes, and they uh, they go in and they actually play on the fact that he knows he's ugly Sonic and stuff. God, that's awesome. Yeah. So there's there's that. So that's definitely um now that's on my radar to watch too because after I heard that I'm like okay well they know what they're doing they know when their content is crap so this is gonna yeah, be good yeah. regardless they'll play into it. Yeah. If they can like not take themselves seriously enough to play off of Ugly Sonic, I'm very interested. Yeah, there it was funny because they um there was this moment I saw on TikTok where they showed a bunch of cartoon uh, characters or something getting released. And like, it was very obvious. These cartoon characters were generic off brands of other cartoon characters. And you could tell which was which. And it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Self-actualized humor. I feel like is something that's really missing these days, but man, like played out correctly. A, a movie that's not afraid to make fun of itself is going to be the best movie. Oh, so something yeah. like uh, something like Dumb and Dumber, like those movies were just a pinnacle of stupidity, but they knew it. That was the point, and it was funny as shit. Right. the uh, The series that comes to mind for me is the uh, the scary movies. Yes. It it played on every fucking scary movie trope it possibly could, and that shit was hilarious. Oh yeah, all time favorite. Just uh, you know, all different points of it and everything like that. That the one that sticks out to me the most is the high guy gets rolled up in a sheet and smoked by the plant. He has a <laughs> he has an afro, and they light his afro on fire at the end of the 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 sheet. I feel like, to an extent, Final Destination, like, it's up in the air whether they did it on purpose or not, but they ended up, like, oh yeah, parodying their own shit. Yeah, and uh, I'll be honest, um, some of the Final Destinations I still refuse to watch because it, like, makes me scared of real-life shit. I'm like, fuck, dude. At any moment, this semi-truck driving in front of me with all of these concrete cylinders just come off and kill us all. Yeah. And it's scary cuz that is very real. It absolutely could fucking happen. Right, and that's that's something at least initially in the, like I'd say the first two, maybe three movies of Final Destination, they really played well is the realism part of it. Like it's not impossible. <laughs> and it's like it goes with that meme where where you know they're always like, you know, it's never a 0% chance that a moth could kill you and stuff like that and it's like it's technically not 0% impossible. It can yeah. happen. Rule 34, furry, sonic porn. It's it's a small chance, but never zero that it kills you. Yeah. Could you imagine? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Yeah, I know you can. You got the, the 
that, that oh, type thanks. of imagination that the moment somebody says something, you just think of like the worst possible scenario and you're like, Ugh, yeah, let's yeah. talk about that. I absolutely hate it, but it is very true. Hey, it makes it for some very good moments. No. <laughs> and very awkward moments in public. There we go. That's more like it. <laughs> but hey, we enjoy it here. So, um, yeah. And so that was, you know, uh, I saw some stuff for the Chippendale. So now that's on my radar as well. Um, and uh, I've been watching this uh, new series, or I shouldn't say new series, new series to me called Ozark. And it's, it's really good. They, uh, they do really well at kind of re-implementing the cliffhangers, you know, cliffhangers kind of died out and, you know, every movie or TV series now has some sort of um, ending on it on the season or the movie to where, you know, yes, there could be another one, but, you know, there's a solid enough ending that you feel content with that one. Um, but every episode with Ozark, uh, you're just kind of sitting there like, oh, shit, I got to watch the next episode. I got to see what happens. I got to know what happens to this guy. Yeah. And it's really good because um, the premise of it is, um, without spoiling too much, uh, the premise of it is a family moves to the Ozarks to launder money for the cartel. Um, and uh, it's it's very, very fucking good. A lot of people get involved. A lot of things happen. And for me especially, it's interesting to kind of see – how money laundering actually works. I'm not sure if like it's actually how it works, but I would assume they did their research and kind of looked into, you know, how people can kind of get around it with uh, money laundering. And uh, so it was, it was very interesting to see like what exactly goes into doing those illegal acts to kind of get that and kind of how people go about getting around it and stuff like that. So it was really, really good series that me and, um, uh, Anna, to an extent, uh, my significant other, um, she kind of enjoys it. It's more numbers games and kind of like critical thinking strategy stuff. So she kind of wants something that with a little bit more like drama and personality and stuff like that. And I understand that. But for me, it, it was just really good because I'm I'm that calculating type of person. So seeing somebody else play a calculating person in a TV series and do all this like crazy shit i'm just like oh my god but what if i did that yeah way to put your name on a the list there buddy good job that's eh, all good i don't do anything illegal i'm boring so it all works out yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure our names are on a lot of lists for the shit we google for D. no no no. you just put D 5e after it and everything's all right yeah that's true the fbi agent's like ah he's just playing the game how to burn down an orphanage without being caught 5e <laughs> And then, and then you know, that's when the uh, FBI agent tunes in, and then and you just type in D&D 5E, and they're like, oh, okay. And yeah, uh, typical murder hobo shit. Yeah. Yeah, and... another movie that I saw that was, like, it's not exactly like that, but, like, uh, you know, like, drama, crime, thriller, uh, like, like kind of, like, taking a step back thinking about it, uh, Kid Cannabis. Kid Cannabis? Let me... Um, where's my notepad? I'm gonna write that down because I'll actually look into it if it has that same kind of feel or vibe to it. I don't think it's quite as dark as Ozark sounds like it is, but, but you know, it's definitely I, entertaining. Yeah, go ahead. Give me uh, some general premise on it. You know, give me the hook. Uh, yeah. So, um, like, not a kid, but uh, an 18 year old, um. He and his friend move like kind of to the U.S. Canada border, and uh, since like weed's cheap as shit, Canada, they start like they go across the border to smoke. Him and his buddy, who's like a degenerate or whatever, and they're like, "Hey, this shit's super cheap here. It's super expensive in the U.S. We live on the border, and so they start trying to like find various ways to smuggle it across the border." And they start, like, creating, like, running teams to run them across the border and, like, setting up a whole network for uh, finding distributors and, like, finding uh, sources up in Canada. And, uh, yeah, it's actually pretty fun. And he has to try and hide this from uh, from his parents and stuff, too. Oh, that's kind of cool. 
I'd like to see how that happens. Um, and I'm guessing there's like a lot of drama and involvement that kind of surrounds it. And well, is it a TV series or is this a movie? No, this is an actual movie. Okay, then. Uh, so then it's going to be a little bit more action packed because of the time constraint on it versus you know like say Ozark where they're able to kind of draw everything out and really build like suspense over time versus you know kind of giving you those moments of uh, of like oh shit is he going to get caught yeah. or is he not you know this and that. Yeah, I think it's like just shy of two hours, like hour ten, something like that, hour fifteen. Hell yeah, I'll give that a watch then. Sounds like something uh, fun to watch movie-wise. And, you know, obviously I've got this list growing that I'm slowly starting to check off. Yeah. Speaking of new movies, uh, two that actually came onto my radar that I watched one of them, uh, Top Gun Maverick. I wanted to see that. I heard that was good. Yeah. Man, I I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I won't spoil it for you, but I was uh, pleasantly surprised. It did not fall short as most sequels do, in my opinion. Okay. Um, so that's good. And then uh, the quintessential quintuplets movie, which I have not watched yet because it hasn't released with a an English sub, as far as I know. What is that? I've um. So it's based on an anime that has two seasons, which is of course based on a light novel that has hundreds of fucking volumes. Um. But it's five identical uh, quintuplets, sisters, and their tutor. And it's like a a romance comedy drama um, because the tutor, like, fell in love with one of the five. Except the five all looked fucking identical back when they were kids. So now he's tutoring all five of them and has to figure out which one it was that he fell in love with. Oh and my they're God. all falling for him. And they're all like fucking chaotic retards. That's it's awesome. just so much fun. And I've heard the movie ends like to completely wrap up the series, like straight up marriage in a time or a time skip. So I'm really excited to see. I'm Team Nino all the way. The uh, the bratty little shit. But I mean, she's the forward one. She she acted. Yeah, no, that's that sounds awesome. That sounds um I don't want to say slice of life esque, but uh cut definitely kind of touches in that realm. Yeah, it's close. it's definitely got like realistic aspects to it. But I mean, of course it's a rom com, so they gotcha. have to like blow it way out of proportion. But it it's definitely a, a fun sit down and watch. Yeah, I have to give that a look into. I've actually um by logging in my Crunchyroll, there's a couple of them that popped onto my radar recently um, that I would like to kind of look into once they release all the dubs, uh, because I am a uh, a loser and I watch dubs. I don't have time to sit there and read all day. Yeah. And read in my shows and then read in my books, and you know, I'm just yeah. Uh, I feel that for sure. A little bit. No limit. dub chanting here. Um, but, uh, so a couple of them that fell onto my radar was the, um, the fruit of evolution. I want to yes. see that. Um, let's see. Dating sim. That one popped onto my radar. Uh, which dating sim actually? Cause there's like two or three that are coming out right now. Trapped in a dating sim. The world of Otam games is tough for moms. Oh yes, that's actually one that I'm watching right now as well. It's it's not what I expected at all, but I love it. Then uh, very very fun. It's got some high recommendations. Uh, the Last Summoner. That one recently that up. popped on uh, to my radar. Let me look at my lists here. Uh, watch list. Um, so I just finished the strongest sage with the weakest crest. That was actually not bad. A little bit kind of, I don't know, felt a little hollow, lacking depth, I guess. Um, but, you know, it wasn't bad. Uh, uh, I started watching Assassin's Pride. Okay. Um, I haven't started Love After World Domination yet. Such a fun show. It was so squishy. God, I love it. Um, I, I 
thought it was a cool concept, Skeleton Knight in Another World, so I do want to watch that when it becomes dubbed. Yep, you will really enjoy, I believe it's called Overlord. Overlord if was you... good. Oh, yeah. yeah, I loved Overlord. Um, he, uh, yeah, it that was like a good series. Yeah, it seemed like a bit of a rehash to me, Overlord to uh, the new Skeleton Knight, so I'm skipping on that, but I might catch synopses after the full thing releases, see if it's worth coming back to. Yeah, you know, I figure, um, you know, in the original Overlord, he's mainly a mage who, you know, can kind of play a fighter, which is super OP because he's OP, but um, I'd like to see what an actual, like, full-blown dead knight can do, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of good. Um, the World's Finest Assassin gets reincarnated. That's one I am uh, yes. almost done watching. That um, That whole anime was just a fat nut. God, I love that one. Yeah. Um, and I started watching the, uh, or I finished watching the Faraway Paladin. That was actually a very, like, in the middle, there was a very sad couple of moments. And I was like, oh, my God, I hope he does so good. You know, and just kind of bawling. So it really, it really hit me in the gut right there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh... The greatest demon lord is reborn as a typical nobody. Pretty good. Not bad. Um, kind of that uh, that typical overpowered main character, big boobed uh, side characters to kind of influence. Yeah. Um, Some like high school DXD shit. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The eighth son. That was pretty good. Um, Spy X family. I've just started watching that. Yep, I've heard great things. There's a lot of Anya all over the internet. Yes, there is. It is everywhere. Um, There's a pretty good edit of Attack on Titan where it's Attack on Anya. I'm going to have to find it and link it to you. It's, oh it's my god. Great. That'd be awesome. Um, Honestly, you might like this. Uh, Welcome to Demon School. Urumakan. And um, so basically this, this human gets taken in by a demon um, who always wanted a grandson and basically spoils him, sends him to demon school, but this human has, like, no demonic powers whatsoever. So he's just sitting there um, kind of going through his life, and he is... Everyone just fears him because he's doing all these things that normal demons can't do, you know, or, you know, he, he it's different. And so it, it's, it's a good, like, um, not so much combat in every episode, but more so kind of just... Um, funny drama and instances that happen. Okay, I'll have to uh, give it a look. The art style looks very fun. It's like, uh, man, maybe like My Hero, something like. Yeah, this that's what it looks like. My Hero Academia. Yeah, yeah, it looks uh really close to that actually. Um, do do do, and I think that's all that's kind of on my radar in terms of anime at the moment. I'm kind of uh, waiting for all the full dubs to come out before I start watching, like, uh, or get heavily into binge watching any series. Because I hate when there's only eleven episodes out of the dub and they're like doing a schedule release where one a week, and so I hate watching through eleven and being like, okay, let's move to twelve and wrap this up, and then twelve is uh is still yeah. hasn't been released, and I'm like son of a bitch i've got the time now let me watch it now i know it's so much pain i've uh i've actually been just like fuck it dedicating time to watching the uh the subs and i'll just back up when i miss lines um, yeah yeah i've 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 done that once or twice and honestly it it doesn't ruin the anime by any means but it, it kind of it doesn't give me the experience I like where I can really invest myself into it because now instead of investing, I'm reading lines to make sure I don't miss anything. And then, you know, I blink or take a drink and then all of a sudden I've missed like four lines of text and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's like talking to a girl, with big tits. Like, you know, you're supposed to look at what's going on, like on her face, but you got to read what's down below. Like, Oh my God. You, know, you got to make a choice. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm watching. Uh, I'm watching Otome Game as well. Uh, Love After World Domination. Uh, I dropped Shikimori-san. Honestly, like it's. 
I expected more, I think, from this fun concept, and it seems like every episode's a rehash. Um, Idiot MC's mom was uh, pretty dope, hitting on Shikimori in the middle of uh, family dinner. That was that was pretty, pretty fun, gotta admit. Um, but that was about it as far as the show, me enjoying it. Yeah, uh, san Go ahead. Komi-san season two finally released the uh, the bathhouse episode that oh, everybody boy. was fucking waiting for. Oh my god. Yep. Uh, let's see. That's that's about it right now. Um, I'm kind of keeping like a very distant, hesitant eye on a uh, a couple of cuckoos, cause uh, that's got like domestic girlfriend dumpster fire written all over it, but. I kind of want to see it because like <laughs> domestic girlfriend was fun in an ironic Jesus Christ. How did this get aired way? And I really hope that this is going to be the same thing because we've been missing like, uh, wait, what the fuck anime ever since, uh, interspecies reviewers. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a trip. Uh, I, I definitely enjoy the anime that, um, comes out and I'm, I'm glad that uh, so originally Crunchyroll bought Funimation I had Funimation but I'm glad that I they did and I'm glad I made the switch over to Crunchyroll because of the fact that um, you know it's only like eight or nine dollars or something like that but they've got so many dubs and now it's all in one place you know obviously there's other sites like High Dive and stuff like that and um you know, I'm, I'm never going to crap on, you know, having competitors because it's what keeps price low and it's always good for the consumer. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's nice having a lot of anime all in one point and not having to have multiple subscriptions to multiple sites. Like, yeah. Um, it really it was really sad when uh, I got uh, I did get high dive because I wanted to watch the messed up uh, redo healer. Because yeah. <laughs> everyone I talk to about messed up anime has always mentioned this one. You know, I in my mind, the most messed up anime is the psychological ones that mess you up, which would be Death Note and stuff like that. And so when I mention stuff like Death Note, everybody's like, well, what about Redo Healer? That one's just really messed up. And I'm like, I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. Yeah, Redo of Healer was... Um... I totally forgot about that on the uh, the what the fuck scale. That was that was a trip and a half um, trying to sit through that. But uh, could you imagine if somebody actually dubbed that? I think there are there's fan dubs at the very least, but I think it actually does have a full dub. Does it? I'm checking right now, and I'm ashamed that I'm checking right now. Well, because now I'm scared because if it does it, that means I gotta watch it. And, to do. and um the reason i say that is because there's from what i hear there's a lot of fucked up shit that's not only said but done so to kind of voice act all of that is uh uh yes actually it is really fucked up what everything gets done and i think i'm wrong i don't think it's an official dub i think i heard a fan dub somewhere Either way, uh, it's if it doesn't eventually get a dub pickup, then I'll probably just watch it as subs, which I guess if it's as fucked up as everybody tells me, uh, I'll be able to kind of disconnect from it and I won't feel as deeply as I normally do when I watch anime. So that'd be a good thing. Yeah, no kidding. That one um, you don't want to feel connected to. And but speaking of God, sorry, uh, I was just going to say that usually that's how it works for me is I watch like the first uh, three to four episodes of an anime. And that's really where I can tell whether it's ca captivated my engagement. If you can't captivate my engagement after three or four episodes, then there's something that's going on that's seriously wrong. All right. Let's briefly touch on that and then we'll go back to uh, to Death Note. Did you watch uh, Bunny Girl Senpai? I have not. If you want a first three episodes that will, like, just rock your shit, that's a good show. The well, first three episodes is, like, it's so much just packed into it. It feels like a whole season. Hmm, interesting. Is it overwhelming, though, too much? 
No. Um, just because it centers the action around like three to four characters. Uh, and it makes you really invest into just those four characters that it doesn't need to waste time introducing new people. It can do that later, but it makes you so attached to these three characters mainly that when something happens, you you give a fuck because those are the characters you know. You, what was it called again? Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. If you search Bunny Girl Senpai, it'll come up, though. Alright, I'll have to uh, give that a look. Um, Alright, back, uh, back on Death Note, though. How do you feel about the the Netflix live adaptations of, like, uh, like Death Note and Bleach and uh, a couple other things? I honestly have not seen a single one of those because I'm so scared it's going to taint the image I have of the originals uh, animes in my mind because I loved Bleach. I watched the entire series, uh, season, all of the seasons uh, from the first episode all the way to the end probably three times now. That okay. it, Bleach was my thing uh, growing up. You know, it was always on Toonami. I always watched it at night. Um and so that was kind of my, my go-to, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, this dude with a giant sword just going around fighting shit all the time, hell yeah. And uh, so that was my thing growing up, and I watched it when I was little, watched it, you know, when I was like 15, 16, or rewatched, I should say, and then I just rewatched it again probably a year or two ago. And um, so that was good. Um, and uh, Death Note definitely left that moment of, wow, this dude is psychotic as fuck in my mind and no other anime has really done that for me yet so i'm kind of uh kind of scared yeah, to watch these live actions and hopefully they don't taint uh what i have in mind for the animations yeah and i took the i took the opposite approach on that because i had no experience at all with death note before this and i figured that most people watch the anime or read the the novels before they watch this movie if they watch the movie so I figured I'd try it first, and I actually liked it. Like, uh, I don't feel like it came across as this dude is completely out of his mind psychotic, but he came across, like, cold and calculate, like, witty. Oh, yeah. And it was very interesting to uh, to see that. I guess I should say my thoughts of him are towards the end of the kind of series of anime. Because that's, you know, obviously where Death Note ended off. And that's my last kind of uh, impression of him was this kind of psychotic break, dude's insane type of deal. But yeah, no, in the beginning, he is so calculating and strategic. This dude could play um, 5D chess and fucking win every time type of deal. You know, he was on top of the game. He was always one step ahead every time that somebody would do something. You know, he'd always have a plan in action. You know, he was always one step ahead, and it was it's really good. Yeah, they definitely kept that aspect very well. And I feel like that's what uh that's kind of what turned me off of the second movie. Cause like even though it had aspects of that, it introduced characters who were completely naive and like ruined the the show as a whole being intelligent. Like uh the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie where like it's not just the character that's smart in a dumb world it's a smart movie it's a smart setting everybody is like a little genuinely fucking intelligent yeah. yeah like the first movie had that because you had the the detective emo guy who L? was gen yes l who was genuinely fucking like smart and terrifying and like he actually knew what he was doing you could feel that you had like the uh the police force even though they didn't like they're fodder cops of course but like they still had an impact they were on the right ish track like they weren't just like off like circle jerking or something they actually had a presence in the movie and of course you had main character who was cold calculated like thought he was doing the right thing maybe he was maybe he wasn't that's a matter of opinion um 
but like had like you said plans within plans to plan plans of planning plans um and like everybody just the entire movie was smart and then the second movie throws in this retard who's just like haha i'm gonna kill these guys and is like actively it feels like trying to get herself caught and like totally fucking everything up oh uh misa i think yeah probably it's yes. been a while since i've seen the second one so in the anime she actually is like that and it causes a lot of problems for light right so, yeah so and it's, he has to try and cover both of their asses right um dude i i can't recommend it enough if you definitely enjoyed the first one watch the anime and if you're explaining it like that and i'm understanding the same kind of wavelength you're coming from the anime will not disappoint you in watching it okay um, i have to of course i have to wait until this season of anime is like done but yes, right I'll right put it on the list. when you uh when you get the chance it is um it's so so good it is one of those you know same reason why i like um uh ozarks because there's so many calculations and backup plans and kind of how are we going to make things work and in this it's that plus 10 you know and i really enjoyed the uh the death note series that went on there um the animation was it was so good it flowed together well there were all these curveballs that were thrown in there that even though there were curveballs it seemed like he was still he he knew these curveballs were coming and it was it was good and um you know, I always I always recommend to people who can handle a little bit more darker and really like dark connotation stuff, check out Death Note. It's so good. Well, we've been talking for our full hour, so I guess we can wrap things up here. Um, you know, it was a good little tangent to get on with the uh, anime, entertainment stuff like that. So, you know, not every session's gonna be strictly all D and D, but uh, you know. Every once in a while, we break out of the, the mold and do something different. It's good to have a, a breath of fresh air and catch up on what's going on outside of the dungeon sometimes. Yeah, you know. Uh, gotta enjoy stuff other than, uh, as one of my players calls it, the dungeon duck. <laughs> but Yeah, all right. Be sure, to, uh, be sure to check out Gage's Start Playing Now, along with uh, where to get your guys' podcasts, Spotify, um, Amazon. Yeah. Yes, Amazon as well. The YouTube um, channel to uh, make sure to like, comment, subscribe on there as well. You know, leave some comments. Uh, we'd be happy to talk to you guys. And, uh, you know, um, got anything else to plug as well? No, I think that covers everything. You know, uh, we try and post as much content as we can. Uh, and sometimes it's not consistent, but it's what we do. Um, on the YouTube channel, we also post Gage's, uh, one of his games that he runs. We actually post, uh, post the session VODs of that as well. Yeah. Very quality edits. I highly suggest taking a look at those. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, um, so because the sessions are so long, I got to cut them up. But, uh, yeah, I, I try to put those out on Fridays and Mondays when possible. Yeah. But, All um... right. Everybody have a good week. Uh, we will see you again, hopefully next Sunday. Yeah, uh, or whenever this goes up, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening, guys. Really appreciate okay. all of you. All right, take care.